0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: On the nose, I get... Non-chill filtered.
2: I get... On the nose, I get hints of cinnamon and... Regret. Back at it again. We're here. Cold opens are always kind of, you know, awkward. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Which is why I like to take the snippet and put it at the very beginning
1: as a more appropriate cold open. Now you know where we're going. Yeah. So I have a lot of things I want to talk about today. Let's talk about them. Well, first, I want to pose a question to the audience. If you were to decide like Saturday, because today's Saturday, if you're like on Saturday, I'm going to, you know, get some stuff done and then I'm going to sip on some bourbon like you as the audience at what time do you think it's appropriate to pop your first top and take a take some bourbon so think of that time in your head whatever time that is and now I'll tell you what time it is here you ready it is 9:18 in the morning
2: that's not too bad
1: no because if you think about it I got up at 5 so we're 4 hours and 20 minutes into the day
2: You get a lot done in that amount of time.
1: I mean, if I woke up at 11 and my first drink was at 3.30, nobody would have a problem with 3.30. Right. Which was four hours from when I woke up. So maybe it's all relative.
2: I think it is relative. You know, People who work night shifts, they get off at
1: 6 in the morning and come home and have a drink and eat dinner at 6 a.m. That would be wild to be on your morning 6 a.m. walk and there's a guy on the porch smoking a cigar, drinking a whiskey. Morning. (laughs) Morning. Yeah, that would, be, that would be wild. So we have um, two bottles, and this is actually our first episode where someone gifted us a bottle. So John Sampson, thank you for the uh, this bottle. I won't say what it is yet because I got a point to make, but um, yeah, I guess that's a thing now. So if you want to send us stuff to talk about, we can give you our P.O. box or... If I trust you, maybe my home address.
2: We'll give you a neighbor's address and we'll pick it up off their porch. Oh, must have
1: given the wrong one. Yeah, we could do that. Put our name must on. Must have given the, the wrong address. address. Sorry about that. Yeah, we can do that. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so thanks. And we're going to get into that, what he sent us in a minute. Also, we'll we'll throw in the show notes like your Instagram and, and all that. Um, but, so, the Palmetto Bourbon Club told us about this hand-picked collection yellowstone single barrel um that the packy had and so i had you run and get it because you kind of live over here so i'm going to pop this top live, live on the air live on the air all right in so the morning just to go over it real quick this is a 109 proof that's
2: great way to start the day
1: <laughs> so good morning 109 proof um uh, we'll get into it in a minute um where Yellowstone kind of comes from, but it's it's the Limestone Branch Distiller Company, which is a a key note there company. Um, but yeah, just on the label it says uh, faithfully Year since eighteen seventy two. They got eighteen seventy two on a bottle, no age statement. Um, this particular bottle was barreled on September third two thousand fifteen. Then on the back they have a, from the show Yellowstone. Have you seen you've seen parts of it? Right? Yeah. So I love that show, and I've watched it twice now. So on the back, it's kind of confusing which way it goes, but I've read it several times, and uh, I think this is the way it goes. So it has a picture of Rip and um, – what's the what's his real name? Kevin Costner? Yeah. Yeah. So they're standing in front of the ranch, and, and Rip has like a speech bubble says, people are big dummies, sir. And then uh, Kevin Costner says, uh, ain't that the truth, Rip? Don't people know this show has shit to do with bourbon, which is pretty funny because they drink a lot of bourbon and whiskey in that show. Yeah, they do. But anyway, so moment of for the pop for the top pop.
2: Oh yeah! Oh wow! That's it's nice. It's got a nice
1: aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I like this top too, except for. Yeah. Mm. So mm. we'll pour us a a small little ten ounce sip like 10 ounces of <laughs> bourbon first thing
2: in the morning, get the day started, nah. go play with power tools after this and work on products.
1: Yeah, we're going to be in the garage most of the day. Um, so this wasn't a 10-ounce pour, probably an ounce and a half. But, um, And I wanted to bring something up from that live stream that was brought to my attention that, I, that I've danced around the exact thing. But um, Salty Antlers, he asked about the legs on the glass, and I kind of – Glanced over it because I wasn't really trying to talk about it. It's not because I didn't want to address it, but yeah, the the more it has and the slower it runs, that's that's going to be typically uh, an aged, longer bourbon. So thin, shaky legs are yeah. uh, are going to be like a a less oily, right? Um, but bourbon is really only because like whiskeys, they can throw stuff in a whiskey to, to kind of th- stick it up and make it look, you know, whiskey. They can lie to you about a lot of things right? and uh, putting food coloring in. Yeah. That's one of, things that, one of the things we're going to talk about in this episode too. But yeah, so uh, cheers to our duck hunt this morning that went well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it went great.
1: So right off the bat, that is 108 proof. 109, yeah, 109 sure. proof. But I can't tell if it's an eight or a nine. It's kind of either way. But it smells very fruit forward. Yeah, it does. I think I taste a lot of fruit in it, actually.
2: Yeah. Sorry for the dead air. That's uh, we're we're both kind of trying to see what what comes to mind. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah.
1: Very fruity, actually.
2: Like fig or uh, dates. Yeah. Um. But not fresh, like dried. For me, anyways. Yeah. Um, there's
1: like um. Like dried cherries, kind of. Yeah, plums. I guess some plums, dates, plums, whatever.
2: It's good. I like it. It is definitely 108 proof or whatever it says.
1: Yep. But the nose is very good too, as well. One of the things I read online was a peaches and cream, and I'm not getting a peaches and cream, but
2: I could I could see where they get the peaches from though,
1: because it is a it's a single barrel. Um, so the Yellowstone single barrel is the review I read. This is a oh, okay. Head, so obviously this will be a little different, but um. But the reason I have this other bottle, which was gifted to us that I brought, is because Yellowstone sources from Barton's. Oh, and it was only like two years ago that people actually liked it because I I didn't go super deep on it, but they um, they used to mix like a their own four year old whiskey and then a I think it was a seven from Barton's and they would mix that and so the single barrels are I guess they're just straight Barton single barrels, but that's why I bought. I, we have the seventeen ninety two single barrel, which is. Um obviously from Barton 1792. Right. So I wanted to do a side by side on it. The only thing is this 1792 for the I mean I'm sure not most of you know, but the single barrel 1792 is only a ninety-eight proof. Mm. So it's a lot slower proof, but I wanna while we have it out, I wanna do like a whoop. I wanna do a side by side because I tasted this briefly the other day just to taste it really. Um making a mess. we I spill a lot of whiskey.
2: Do you have one that you prefer?
1: Um, From 1792?
2: Between these two.
1: So I don't know because I can't really remember what oh, okay. this one tasted like. Because I, like I said, I just popped it. and It's not a super fancy bottle, so I wasn't going to do any pictures of it or anything. But um, I do know that I talked to Chad yesterday about yeah. the wheat, the weeded 1792, and he says it's a no-go. Really? So that's good to know because I've been looking for it because I like weeded bourbons. Shout-outs to Chad. To Chad, My Daily Bourbon. Um, The other thing, too, is, for those that don't know, Barton, that's the other Sazerac company. So Sazerac, Buffalo Trace, and there's Sazerac, the 1792 kind of line. Yeah. And I see a lot of people saying they're very similar, and I I disagree with that, but everybody's taste and palate is different. So, So here's for the 1792. Like, it doesn't smell anywhere near the same to me.
2: No, it's not at all. It's not at all the same. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Excuse me.
2: A little um, early in the morning for drinking whiskey.
1: Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> wow, wasn't expecting that. That's a uh, kind of like a dry heat. Like it sucked all the moisture out of my mouth. <clears throat> so Man, this, that is weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if, if maybe this uh, this single barrel from Packies is is real oily. I don't. You
2: know what it is? Well, so when you drink the Yellowstone. That 109 proof hits you right off, yes. right on the front, and it carries through. Right, the burn, yep. burn that you're getting,
1: but I know exactly what you're gonna say.
2: But the flavor sort of lingers after the the heat goes away. With the 1792, it doesn't burn initially. No, it's kind of smooth, and and, and it's like, oh, this is gonna be nice. And then it, like, the back part of your tongue and the throat, the heat hits.
1: Yeah, when you swallow. Yeah, it's, fu- it-
2: it's weird how they how they play like that.
1: I'm gonna throw a drop of limestone water in mine. Do you want you want to try that?
2: Sure. Just proofs it down a little bit for those that are wondering why we're adding a drop of water. If you haven't figured it out yet, it just proofs it down a little bit and can change and bring out some different tastes and.
1: Which is already proofed down. I'm hoping it gets rid of that back end. This makes the Yellowstone taste like one of the best whiskeys I've ever had. <laughs> Still, See, that was a little bit better for me. But it's that may be an ice an ice drink on the rocks. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll play around with that. Throw that on the rocks. But this Yellowstone, um, this handpick from packing. I mean, it's very
2: good. I don't want people to think that it's no, no, it's no. It's bad. No, yeah. It's just I.
1: We're not talking crap. We're just talking.
2: We're just talking. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I like it. Now we drink it perfectly fine, neat. If you know, if someone handed me this bottle and said, "Hey, look, this is what you have to drink every day. This is your daily drinker. You can have other things on occasion as a treat." But you gotta drink this every day. I'd drink less. I would probably drink less, <laughs> yeah, but I could still drink it, right? Yeah. Um you you'll find a way to enjoy it, whether it's on the rocks or
1: Yeah. You throw some maple syrup in there and make it make my old fashioned maple syrup and, and yeah, yeah. that'd probably be just mm. fine. Mm. Yeah. That's what it'd be. Mm. I've had several people, um, since we've talked about that, reach out and be like, That is my new nightly drink. It's good, man. Yeah. It's a lot of sugar, but <clears throat> it's um so die. for those that have tried it, I didn't go into specifics. So this is an actual bourbon barrel aged maple syrup that I'm using. It's it's a burnt maple syrup that they throw in bourbon barrels, and um, it's heavenly. Yeah. So take your Aunt Jemima's or whatever they're calling it now, and um, try it with something else. Try it. Try it with uh, get it. Get a craft um, maple syrup. Just step it up a little. It's just the same thing as cooking, right? If you if you're going to make some beans and you go buy canned beans, they're not going to taste as good as if you go buy the actual bean and soak it overnight and, and, and you know, cook it uh, with fresh chopped tomatoes and stuff like that. It's kind of the same thing. If you if you make a cocktail, try to use better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's.
2: <laughs> if they want to be a sponsor, by the way, they'll hit us up at right. Papa John's.
1: Yeah, Papa John's. I was going to say we already have the other company as a sponsor.
2: No, 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 Papa John's.
1: <laughs> yeah, we They'd do have cool. – uh, something that is not done, but probably going to be done soon is we're one of our products is going to be um like a cocktail kit that will come with some of this maple syrup, and we 'll be the only ones selling it um, as a kit there, You can only buy this stuff in huge jars
2: yeah, the company that makes but, it but and for those for those aware or familiar with our products, we have the cocktail smoking kit which comes with the torch and the uh the block for smoking this is going to include some additional. The kit we're talking about is going to include some additional pieces to make your at-home evening cocktail, or morning, if
1: you're us, apparently, uh, cocktail making. Your 9.30 a.m. cocktail. Yeah. Why not? Because I I see another lockdown coming. I know that some places are already locked down. Yeah, I've heard. Like, especially overseas in Canada. Um, Yeah,
2: Yeah, I was listening to a podcast, uh, and I I listened to several, and I can't remember which one it was, uh, but the guy lives up in Maine. And he was saying that, and this was recorded two weeks ago, he was saying that just now, the little area of Maine where he lives, are they starting to enforce, like, uh, masks and Hmm. things like that? Like, it's been really chill up there. I'm like, man, maybe I need to move to Maine. Yeah, I would never (laughs) think
1: moving north would be the answer. but
2: When you're in Maine, you're almost in Canada. So I think for people, you know, the rest of America forgets that you're there. Maybe they do
1: their own thing up there.
2: But if you're listening and you live in
1: Maine, we we appreciate you. We haven't forgotten about you. No, yeah. We definitely – we're yeah. thinking about you right now? Yeah. We're not thinking about people in Kentucky. Also, just – I'm not going to tell you where this comes from, but just to get this off my chest, just because you're from Kentucky doesn't mean that you're an expert on bourbon and whiskey. I, I, we don't have to go any further than that. I just wanted to
2: – yeah, I just
1: felt the desire to say that real quick.
2: I'm from Texas born in Corpus Christi. Oh, well, then you are definitely an expert. You I'm an expert. I'm an expert in barbecue. Can you spell yeah. balconies?
1: Mm, yes. Okay. Then you know what you're
2: doing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm
1: an expert. I'm from Appalachia, so I'm an expert on drinking moonshine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and expert as y'all know that's ass- my thing. Me. Subject matter expert. Yes. There's a pay code for that. On <laughs> our company? I mean, uh, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> I have one more story before we get into the meat and potatoes. Okay. So yesterday, so we've been buying whiskey for a long time, and um, one thing that is important about it is is kind of your pitch. So like when you go in a liquor store and you're looking around, they're always going to go, oh, what are you looking for today or, you know, something. And people mess up and they turn around and they go, I'm looking for Blanton's or, you know, and they're just going to. They don't know you. They're not going to sell it to you. This is yep. for non-ABC States, by the way. And even at ABC oh, States, yeah. I've heard that some of these guys will hide bottles uh, for their friends. I've heard it too. But um, so I've figured out the pitch finally. So so all you do when they say, what are, you for? what are you looking for? It's just, uh, yeah, I'm looking for single barrels and store picks. And that usually gets them excited because if they've got a store pick, they're proud of it. Right. And they're going to want to talk to you about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So yesterday... I was taking a I had a phone call right as I was walking in the liquor store, and um, as I walk in, put the phone. I'm like, oh, I answer the phone, and the guy's like, "How can I help you?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm just browsing for a second. I'll i I'll come talk to you in a minute." And so he did. He like he looked at me funny, like, "Dick, why are you in my store on a phone?" Which I agree. I mean, you yeah, know, but I I had to answer the phone calls for work. So, um, I'm looking around. So I come back to him, and and I and I look at. He's got some good stuff in there. So I'm looking at it all, and um. And I'm like, man, these prices are outrageous. They're second market prices at a liquor store. Yeah. And, um, or secondary. And uh, so I just, I, he had very old Barton, which, you know, I like and it's mm-hmm. cheap, but it was 50 bucks in there. And I was 50 like, bucks. I was like, I'm not paying $50 for very old Barton. So, so I come up to him and I'm like, man, the secondary market is really killing my bourbon hunting, you know, thing, because you guys, you know, you're not going to sell it cheap knowing that they're just going to go in the parking lot and sell it for more. Sure. And that was one thing that the Owens Liquor Store, the guy was like, he had a customer that came in and bought a bottle of Pappy. And I don't know if this is a true story or not, but he says, then he went in the parking lot, used my Wi-Fi to post it on Facebook. And then someone showed up from Facebook and he sold it for $300 in the parking lot. And and that's probably not a true story, but the point of it is. I could see where he's going with it. Yeah. So he's like, if they're going to sell it for $300, i am going to sell it for 300 Because even if it's not happening to him, it, that shit does happen. Oh, for sure. So I kind of, that was the gist of this conversation with this guy. Yeah. And he, and so as I'm like making the joke, like secondary market has really killed my bourbon hunting because everybody's, it's so expensive. Right. And he said, will that be all? And I kind of stared him in the face like, you know, if I was 25 years old, I'd rob your store. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, but that was the initial thought. Like how disrespectful, like I live in your community, I'm here shopping at your store and I've spent money in the store before. Yeah. But no more, no
2: more. You didn't tell me that story. Obviously, yeah, I was saving it for, it for here, But he, he, literally, he just looked at you and said, is that all?
1: Yeah. And I, and it's like, thanks for the conversation. Like, I thought we were here to have a community. So anyway, when you guys are doing stuff in the community, and the whiskey, and even hunting and whitetail and stuff, remember that not everybody's on the same level as you. And just because they may say something, like, maybe I came off as a jerk, but I was, I was joking around. I was trying to have a conversation with the guy, hoping yeah. that he'd be like... Well, if this is for you, then we'll bring down the price as long as you're not going to sell it. And that was something I told my neighbor. I was like, if I go to Owen's again, and I'm like, I want to buy this bottle of Pappy, but I'm not paying $900 for 10-year-old Pappy. It's just not going to happen. And that's what it's priced at. Yeah. Um, It's like, dude, I'll open it right in front of you to prove to you that I'm going to drink it. Like, I don't want to pay secondary because I'll just go buy it secondary. Yeah. But anyway...
2: So what do you have uh, now that we have vented a little bit? Yeah, our uh, calm. What, what do we have? Uh, what did you prepare for us today? You, you mentioned some uh, some whiskey related stuff we want to talk about today.
1: Yeah, I want to clear up a um, another thing that someone found confusing, and I'm sure that if one person is confused, there's more. So we we mentioned. Go
2: ahead. No, no, no. I was I was just doing the. The finger guns, like you are correct.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. So we try to keep that. If, if we get a, if we get, if we sell a hundred things, and, and one person gives us a review, right? Then depending on what that review is, we could assume that's not the only person that thought that. It's sure. It's just the only person that spoke up. So I wanted to clear this up mainly because it's also a good topic, and I enjoy talking about it. But I don't remember who we were live streaming with, but I brought up the uh, flavors that you smell and taste in whiskey, right? And. Um, we don't go super in depth on on the flavor. It's just real quick because I don't want to spend twenty minutes talking about a whiskey. If you, I mean, there's. I just want to give you our overall impression and get into whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. So one thing that was confused is when we say that it tastes like chocolate or vanilla or banana, um, and then I say it's not infused with it, and then I talk about the science behind it. Um, somebody sent me a picture of. I don't remember what it was, but it was like 99 bananas. It's like a banana infused whiskey, and they're like, "I thought you said that they did." And it's like, okay, so now I have to clear it up. So, whiskey, mm-hmm. we we went through the ABCs of bourbon last time, and and one of the things we didn't really harp on was that there can be no additives in in bourbon, right? So it has to be whatever it is. So they can blend other barrels, or it's a single barrel. I mean, it came from one barrel, or whatever. Whiskey doesn't have that. So Fireball or Peanut Butter Whiskey or whatever, those are infused whiskeys where they're sticking syrups in it to change the flavor, some dye to change the color. Right. So yeah, if you go buy a cherry whiskey, obviously it's loaded up with cherry sugar. Right. Um, so I'm, I meant more specifically bourbons and then high-end whiskeys, like for instance, well, I won't go down that road. So bourbon, we'll just speak about bourbon specifically. So bourbon is highly regulated. And you can't put anything in it. So when we talk about we smell plums or dates or grapes or peaches and cream or vanilla or chocolate, what that is is part of your olfactory system. So the olfactory system is not widely known how exactly it works, but it is known that it is the most ancient of all of our of all of our senses. Maybe not as ancient as sight, but or hearing, but the things that are inside of you that makes you human mm-hmm. this is an old thing yeah and so most people haven't considered the possibility that a peach doesn't smell like a peach but that it actually smells like a chemical reaction Yeah, and my for example is a paper mill we all know what a paper mill smells like yeah trees don't smell like that no paper doesn't smell like that cardboard doesn't smell like that right the chemical reaction done to turn tree pulp into paper products right creates that smell that, that smell. stinks mm-hmm. smells like rotten eggs um which is Anyway, so it's the chemical reaction that's causing it. So a lot of these smells that you're getting are from a chemical, from a compound specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's science. So we as humans develop these smells to let our minds know whether something is good for us or not.
2: I was, get, I was getting ready to say, like, in, in terms of our senses, that's I, I feel like that's where the use of uh, that would have come from with our ancestors, right, and determining smells that are bad, like something that's dangerous or don't eat
1: that because it's going to make you sick, that kind of thing, right? Right, and we still do it to this day. We just don't think of it that way. Right. So show me a person that doesn't pull hamburger that's been in the fridge a couple days. Right. You pull that plastic off, you stick it up to your nose, and you smell it because if it smells bad, you shouldn't. Sure. So it's not because it smells bad. Like no one thinks about this, but it's not because it smells bad that you're not going to eat it. It's because... That smell tells your brain, this is not good. You can't eat this anymore. Yeah. So it's, I hope that point is, is well grounded that people understand what I'm saying. It's not, it's not the smell. It's, it's your olfactory system. Right. Like you're, it's, you're smelling compounds, but those compounds, your brain is like, no. And that's something we've developed over time. Right. Um, so I wanted to get into some of the compounds that are in Whiskey, okay. and kind of where they came from and what you're going to be getting out of it. So when you smell banana, mm-hmm. you're smelling a compound that smells like the compound that comes from a banana. Right. And some of this stuff is done during fermentation. Some of it is done during maturation in the in the barrel. And some of it comes from how heavy of a char that the barrel has. So the, the first one is Easter's, which we all – everybody knows – everybody's going to know these words because they're in everything. So this is a group of compounds – that's mostly created during the fermentation, and it's when the fatty acids and the alcohol that's produced by the yeast combine with each other. So these interactions between the alcohols and the fatty acids, they create a bunch of different Easters, and each one has like a distinct aroma. So they're, you're familiar with medium and long chain period, like for compounds. Yeah. So in general... Short and medium chain Easters, which are the most common, those are what give you a fruity note. And then long chain, that's a huge range of smells. It's similar to cheeses or like soapy huh. smells. Okay. And then there's a um, final subgroup called lactones. And so the lactones are what give you the coconut um, or the wood smell. Oh, so okay. the lactones in the whiskey is, is what's going to give you that smell. Um, phenols are the next one and they create like a smoky or rubbery smell that people usually associate that word with medicinal. So okay. if they say a whiskey tastes medicinal, it's, yeah. it's that smell.
2: Right, right. You'll hear people describe, uh, particularly in, I think, um, uh, scotches, you'll get people will describe Band-Aids or iodine.
1: Um, and that, that, yeah, yeah. So medicinal, It makes sense. So scotches that are high in peat? Yeah. The reason that you brought that up is because that's the, everybody knows that medicinal smell because it's, it's high in peat. It's because phenols... Are in peat smoke.
0: Yeah,
1: so you that's go. that's what you're getting. Um, and the last one that I want to talk about is aldehydes, like okay. firm aldehydes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. there's a lot of different types. Um, these also create a wide range of flavors, which can be fruity, but they're typically on the grainy side of things. So when people describe whiskey, it tastes like biscuits or almond or vanilla or cookies or cookies. Yeah, sugar cookies. Short those part, are yeah. um, those are from the aldehydes. Okay, and some of these flavors come. From the distillation process, but the majority is what's going to come from your heavy char on the barrel.
2: Interesting. Um, I would have thought those those would have come
1: from the grain. Yeah. But it's the aldehydes in the grain, that's what you're...
2: Oh, okay, okay, I see, I see.
1: Like the banana, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And then accompanied with the char and the length of time in the barrel, all those things. And then, so because of that, uh, and because of the varying combinations... In thereof, depending yes. on the bottle and the blend and whatever, that's where the individual and unique taste and smells with each bourbon, even if they come from the same place, uh, blended by the same individual, you can get completely different tastes and smells.
1: Yes, those compounds are the reason that we have a nose, we yeah. have a mouthfeel, we have a taste, and we and we have a finish, is because of those, specifically those three types of compounds
2: whiskey and a school lesson first thing in the morning science i like
1: it science yeah
2: the but more yeah. the more you know
1: i just wanted to clear that up well tell, thanks for clearing that up tell them about our duck hunt as i pour another, pour another Yellowstone. one.
2: down, um so our duck hunt so it is after deer season now deer season i think we've addressed that already um so we're filling our time doing things we do when we're not hunting deer or drinking whiskey or, or working work. and that is uh Hunting ducks, uh, we'll get into some turkey hunting here in the spring, which, speaking of turkey hunting, shameless plug, our turkey calls are, uh, available in our shop. They're out. Uh, glass or slate, and, uh, turned from white oak. America. American white oak whiskey barrels, um. Pretty cool. Pretty unique. Each one is unique. Each one has its own little you know, look to it and uh, just because of the way the uh, the barrels are made and, and the, the materials that we use. So, every one you get is going to be pretty unique to, to you and yourself and whichever
1: one you get. So, these, check them out. These barrels, we haven't really talked about it, but these barrels right now, the ones that we're making the reason the heads from, they are predominantly Maker's Mark or Jim Beam barrels.
2: Yep. Primarily, yeah, that's that's the majority of what we're seeing, what we're able to get for that particular uh, for that cut of wood for that cut of wood that we're because each each distillery, all the different distilleries. um, I don't know how many cooper's cooperages there are. Do you know how many? That's something I haven't looked into before.
1: It can't be a lot. But
2: every cooperage does things a little, you know, the the, do things a little bit differently. Um, You know, the barrels that come out are generally the same, but they all have their 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 process, right? Um, And so we're finding that some parts of the barrel from certain cooperages just have staves and lid dimensions that better fit our products and what we're trying to do. So, Yep. um,
1: And right now those are Maker's Mark and Jim Beam.
2: Yep. So anyways, back to our our awesome duck hunt. Um, We saw some water and we saw some ducks and (laughs) held the shotgun this morning. So that was, you know... Uh, more than I did last week hunting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> didn't fire a single shot there. No,
2: not one single shot. Uh, it's all right. You know, it happens. Had some other hunters in the area that were a little closer than we, uh, realized. And,
1: uh. No, don't, don't make it seem like it's our fault. They didn't check in on the board. So we didn't know where they were at all.
2: It's, it's, tr- it's true.
1: We would have probably picked a different spot if we had known they were there. Yeah. But, you know, these things it happen.
2: It happens. It happens. Um. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather that happen than uh, us be much cl- closer and someone get shot or peppered with. Yeah, it's true. But the likelihood of that happening was pretty slim too. Yeah. Um.
1: But yeah. Straight from there to uh, get some breakfast, we saw. what is it forty some degrees outside? 42 degrees? It was like
2: 30-something degrees when we left, but at 40-something by the time.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It's probably 42 (laughs) degrees right now, and um, we saw a lady in a full-on full snowsuit.
2: Yeah, like the pants, and like you would have thought.
1: We were in Aspen. Yeah,
2: like you would have thought we were having coffee, and our boards or our skis were outside, and we were about to just get back after it on the slopes. (laughs) Because she had like the boots and, and pants and. All of it. All of it. It was wild. I, like yeah. And like in line next to her is uh, is a guy in blue jeans and a t-shirt with a, a light jacket. I just, I don't know. It's really and funny. And I'm
1: wearing, I was wearing shorts and a hoodie.
2: Yeah, it was really funny. It was just way yeah. out of
1: place. Yeah.
2: The coffee was okay though. I've eaten at that place before. Which one did you get?
1: I got the Texas pecan.
2: Oh, I, I don't do anything with pecan. In uh. the, like When it comes to coffee, if it has flavors or it seems like it's going to have flavors, I avoid them. Hmm. I got the blonde on blonde, just a light roast. Sounds like flavors. Yeah. Well, they had a rum one.
1: That's why I asked.
2: Oh, no. Oh, did you? Did you try it? No. No. I didn't get that. No. Next time. Maybe. I'm not a huge fan of, uh, like I said, flavored coffee. Um, But yeah, that was our duck hunt. Now we're here. We're at the house, uh, my house, recording a podcast, going to work on some products. Yeah, we're going to crank some stuff stuff out out today. today, Yeah. especially if we can get through a lot of the cutting and sanding part to where the then the routing is just – I can just do that. Like, I, can just,
1: I waste a lot of time having to do that other part. So Yeah. Oh, I do N- too. Not the sanding, of that. One thing people don't realize is sanding a, a – that's the thing when people – oh, I want a whiskey barrel in my house. It's like when people say that, it's like you've clearly never been around a whiskey barrel.
2: Yeah. I've had to um, explain to a couple of people like – what they're getting you know like it, it may leak it might it's
1: kind of dirty it's yeah. heavy it's going to look terrible the bands are going to be rusted like if you see a whiskey barrel somewhere and the bands are gray and they look nice they, they've either been painted or that's a wine barrel um whiskey barrels are are pretty gross i mean we break a lot of them down and that's i mean that's our job It's we deal with a lot of it but i wouldn't want one in my house unless i completely took it apart but that's a lot of work
2: yeah, no, we found, um, we eliminated that step from our process by, yeah. uh, identifying a source for our, uh, specific sizes that we need, which has been very helpful and it's allowing us to, uh, put a lot more product out. So yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's what we're doing today. Um, so, uh, an update for our wine enthusiast, uh, venture, if you want to, do you want to give an update on that?
1: Yeah, uh, so they have a setup with their, um, it's called Logic Broker. It's it's like a drop shipping, I guess, management console. So we're kind of set up with that, ready to go. Uh, we finally got our glasses in, which we've been waiting on, and we're probably gonna go ahead and place an order for another one, another run of it, just because um, I see it being not enough. But yeah, so we're basically ready to go for wine enthusiasts. We're waiting on, I guess, they're. The end of their team to kind of, yeah, finalize the paperwork or something.
2: But so when this all when they came to us back in December, I, I thought we were going to be like slammed already. Yeah. So it's good that we have an opportunity to kind of get to catch our breath, catch our breath, but also get kind of a, a little bit of a inventory built up. Yeah, because they have a huge following on Instagram, and and then they. What was it they said they send their catalog to?
1: Yeah, last time we talked, we we looked it up to see how many followers they had. It was like f- five or six hundred thousand followers, but I think she said they have eleven million customers in their customer base around the world. Whoa! Because we did the math on it—if we get point five percent of that eleven million, it was like we're it was screwed. The... Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's no way. Um, I think I even I even went off of and did the math off of five hundred thousand. I, I just said, okay, let's assume five hundred thousand. Like all these Instagram followers, they all shop regularly. Super unlikely, but just for the sake of numbers. And then I said, like, what's a half a percent of that in orders? And it's still like a couple thousand.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely more that I mean. Yeah, I see. Like, right, because I think that's why she kept saying, like, "What? Well, how much of a lead time do you need?" And, and I was like, "We're ready to go right now." And I, I think she was like, "Okay, guy," because the <laughs> flow when the floodgates open, like, we're not. I don't know. Like, I don't. I, I want to be optimistic, right? And I want to say we're going to wake up and we have a thousand orders to fill. Like, that would be super cool. Yeah, and terrifying. But I also don't. I don't know. I just I see that eleven million customer base as something they've acquired over many many years. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure just, it is. I just don't see it being as busy as I don't know, but we also had the conversation that they change products so much like we think that they just they define. they do
2: have a they have a lot of products you know what it reminds me of um there I can never remember the name of the magazine but it's on airplanes and it's just chock full of sky shit. mall sky mall yes yeah. I don't know why I was thinking a sharper image but that's a, that's a store that's the same thing basically yeah. but it's just full of random stuff this is the same thing but specifically for wine and or the and whiskey. Then, and then they have like a small subsection of cigar-related stuff, yeah. actually. Um, and within the cigar thing, they have some whiskey-related stuff. And what I think is it's a lot of primarily uh, women who frequent this. Yep. And then they're, they have a sub, like a little area section for where they're getting purchases as gifts for significant others.
1: Well, if you think about it, the name in general is genius because – I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I'm not saying anything here. I'm just making a statement. You are saying something. What is it? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... This is all I'm saying is the word wine enthusiast. I don't know how many men I know that would be like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a wine enthusiast. Yeah. So I think that term is probably geared towards women. I which get is, it. Which is probably a smart move because, you know, women like buying gifts. And men, a, lot of, a lot of stuff men won't... I mean, our customer base for for interactions is is largely men, but our, our actual purchasing base is, right. is largely female.
2: Yeah. Well we'll see if the changes with some of the hunting products we have coming out. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: Um but yeah, that's uh that's exciting. It's going well. So from a business side of things, we are uh you know chugging right along. Um but from a hunting perspective, from a whitetail perspective, we haven't really talked much about Hunting this podcast except for the deer and our uh the fact that deer season's over but is deer season really ever over the no answer I mean, is no
1: because because i'm already thinking well you know we have stands to move and i want to do it before the foliage comes back and it gets warm so yep. like this month maybe early next month we're gonna be in the woods preparing for
2: yeah i was thinking about shed hunting oh yeah so that's coming up soon right um a lot of people like to shed hunt I haven't had a ton of luck with it on our property.
1: Yeah, we'll go find some spike, some spike sheds. Right.
2: <laughs> um, but they're out there. You just gotta, you know, you gotta look for those spots where the deer move in. Look for, uh, um, well, on the bow side where that little
1: creek is. Just walk yeah. that creek.
2: Yeah, places where they cross and jump yeah. and those kind of things. Um, I always, it's always fun reading, like, reading, re-reading uh, people's blog articles or articles online about. How to how to successfully you know hunt for sheds and they're always like a lot of them are written by people up north north or in the Midwest where they have snow on the ground yeah so all the all the tips are about like looking for small pieces of you know bone sticking up out of snow and like well that doesn't really apply to me so no. next section yeah it would be cool if we got snow every now and then but you don't like snow I do not yeah
1: not so a fan cool. it's too cold I don't really like the cold which is one of the reasons I'm in South Carolina. And I would go to even further south, honestly. But, you know. how far Would you go to Florida? Yeah, I'd go to the Keys. I'd go to –
2: yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't get flustered. I'm just asking. Yeah,
1: I would go – yeah. I I just – I mean, yeah, it's really hot in the summer. But, I mean, in reality – I mean, we go back and forth to Orlando pretty often, so – you know our summer here and the Orlando summer—it's not really a huge difference. I almost feel like it's almost more humid in Charleston. than it probably it is. is. You know where we go in Orlando, but I don't know where we move now. We, there we get that ocean breeze, so it's it's a little different where we are now as compared to where I lived before. Like where I lived before, mowing the yard in the summer—it was it just was still air and it just seemed really hot. Yeah, but now it's it's like a constant breeze over there, so it's a little better. But our, our, I tell everybody our summer is your winter. Like, the people don't go outside in January. Or for us, January is awesome. Um, and then we just don't go outside in end of July.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's the same thing, just different time of year. Yeah. Um,
1: $260 power bill in July. Oof. Yeah. You know what that's like. Yeah,
2: I do. <laughs> um. So one thing we didn't do this year with... Uh, with the hunting seasons, we didn't really do any out of state hunts. Well you did. You got the chance to go to Kentucky. Um, I next year would really like to tap into some of our resources that we have for out of state hunts. We yeah, know pe- we know it. people in I think I can think of seven, maybe eight different states that would be, yeah, willing to open up uh, you know their home or a spot on the couch or their floor or their backyard to pitch a tent. We could also go
1: see Brian do some West Virginia bucks.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So we got him, I have family or extended family in Louisiana, Texas, Virginia, Minnesota, uh, South Dakota, North Carolina,
1: uh, all all over the place. If we can pull a tag in Iowa, I've got um, Andy's best friend has some family land out there.
2: I have to look into that because I've never...
1: It's almost impossible. I bet. It's something that you do every year, maybe five years from now you'll get it.
2: Even for like a doe tag? I know it would be a long... I'm Crazy not. long trip to go shoot a doe, but yeah. just, to sh- just to go
1: out and see. Yeah, see some Iowa bucks.
2: Iowa bucks on the hoof.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, take a camera instead of uh, a gun, a rifle, a weapon.
2: Creating content. Yeah. Always be.
1: Capturing. Capturing. It's the ABCs of selling. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, deer season this year, um, we, we dropped the ball, but we were just really busy. This year, we're going to make it make things different. I definitely want to set aside for at least one trip, maybe two like good trips, you know, four or five day hunt. yeah, we should maybe we can go back to Kentucky for sure.
2: yeah, that'd be cool. but um aren't we supposed to be going in the spring
1: to do some kind
2: of to do some prep yeah, or I think some we're kind of stands up and yeah. stuff
1: we have to get with Patrick. Um, but yeah, that was the plan last year is to go in the spring and and set up some blinds. Kind of get some stuff ready. He he's acquired quite a bit of land since I was there. It's a um, it's a veteran first responder charity, and he just kind of goes door to door. Hey, I got these um, veterans and first responders. Can they hunt your property? And people are like, Yeah, no one's hunted here in fifteen years. Here's you know, yeah. So the potential to see, I mean, he's got monster. But you've seen him. Yep, he has monsters Boone Crockett bucks on on camera.
2: So Kentucky Hills, man, no one's hunted there for a while yeah, it's, um, yeah, it'd be cool to go back and, and capture, uh, get get on film, some of the setup and and getting things prepped and then see it all come full circle here in the fall.
1: Yep. For sure. Yeah. Um, That'd be a good film. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make that happen for
2: sure. The, um, we need to look at what the requirements are for some of these other states though, for tags, Like, I have family, uh, just a lot of Jessica's family in Minnesota and uh, some in South Dakota. That would be a great place to hunt as well.
1: And uh, people that are listening, if you know your state well, just shoot us an email and tell it, like, save us some time. Shoot us an email and be like, this is how you do it. Tell me,
2: I want to know where you hunt. Yeah. Tell me exactly. Tell me your favorite spot on public land.
1: The MGRS position of your stand. And then. If you have Onyx. What day to be there.
2: Just send me a pin. Yeah. Promise I won't hunt it. Yeah. Wink, wink.
1: But no, if you know, for real, if you know public land and you're like, Hey, this is public land, people can hunt there. And this would be the week that you want to hunt it. And this is the process to get the tags. Like if somebody wanted to hunt South Carolina, don't recommend it. But if you wanted to, <laughs> you can reach out to us and we'll tell you exactly what to do, exactly where to go. I'll give you my personal spot in Francis Marion that, that Gus and I both killed deer in. Um, I'll give it to you. I'll set you up for success. You're not going to have success, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'll set you up for it. I'll at least put you in the plate, but I'll tell you how to get a tag and what tag to buy and, and you know that's kind of what we're looking for for um I'm sure there's a website out there that tells you actually I know there is, that they tell you, hey, it's uh April 1st, is you need to put in for this state. This state opens their lottery on the third, you need to put in for that. Oh wow. That sounds huh.
2: like a useful website.
1: Yeah. I'll have to find it. I know it exists. Maybe we'll throw that in a show notes.
2: Show notes. Yeah. Um I don't have a whole lot else that I plan to talk about today. Some shed hunting and, and what we're doing going forward. Um,
1: Did you have a a bourbon you're looking for or whiskey?
2: Yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a loaded question. Um, Let's see what I have on my list here.
1: Oh, I have a, speaking of lists, I had something else. Okay. Shoot. Um, Brian Powers just texted me. Speak of the devil. His ears must have been burning. As That's said. funny. Um, it's, I love reading notes to myself as that you
2: that you recorded previously or wrote previously. Well,
1: because I get you know I I have a little bit to drink and my mind just gets creative. Yeah, and it's like I can't sit still. I just keep opening my notepad and write it down. So all of these all of these thoughts are are drunk thoughts.
2: We should we should do an occasional podcast called Matt's Drunk Thoughts.
1: Yeah. Oh, this was oh uh, for the donate for the bottle donations. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We were, we were gonna call it Pumped or Skunked, or at least that was my idea. Oh yeah. So you send me some send us something to try and talk about, and we're either pumped for it or you, you skunked us, and that's the that's the joke. So like, I was pumped to try the seventeen ninety two, and I think it has places. Um, personally, glad I didn't pay for the bottle, but true. Not to talk shit, you know, but um. Oh, non-chill filtered. That was something I wanted to talk about. Okay, real quick. Yeah, just cuz a lot of people don't know what it is. And so, um, so chill filtering. So whenever you so they do it for aesthetics and but but there's like the community says, well, it probably takes some of the oiliness of a bourbon away. So here this is all it is. When you take a whiskey or a bourbon, you throw it in the freezer. And then you look at it. Some of them get cloudy in the freezer. Uh-huh. So what chill filtering is, is they basically do that. They bring it to like 30 degrees, and then they filter it and they pull all that cloudiness out of it. Huh. So if you see a non chill filtered whiskey, that means it hasn't been chill filtered. That's all it is. It's only for aesthetics, supposedly. And then people, but again, people argue that it pulls um, some of the body out of it. So now I'm gonna, I want to do a freezing, non freezing experiment because I always thought chill yeah. filtered meant that. I guess I, that's exactly what I thought they did, is they chilled it and filtered it. But I didn't understand why. But that's why.
2: Because some whiskeys will... There's So there's just some very minute impurities that they pull out that yeah. otherwise you
1: wouldn't know. You wouldn't know if you didn't put it in the freezer.
2: Yes. And who's putting, except for college kids, is putting whiskey in the freezer?
1: I don't know. I'm sure somebody is, but... But one of the things, like Mictors, they they all of their whiskey is chill filtered, and they're so. What I've noticed is people are proud of it, or they're not proud of it. Okay. So Like Michter's, like we chill filter everything. You're welcome. <laughs> and then there's some whiskeys that are like we don't chill filter anything. You're welcome. So it's, I think it's a preference that maybe the distiller decides, and then we as plebes as enjoyers of their product. Man, if I was the
2: distiller, I would I would purposely come out and say we might or might not. Yeah. <laughs> figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah. You tell us. And that would actually be a fun experiment. Some of our whiskeys are chill filtered. Some are not. You figure it out. You tell us. And then you just got to go put whiskey in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't put mine. I mean, there's there might be a handle of Fireball in my freezer, but if there is, it's been in there a long time.
2: Gross.
1: Well, I didn't obviously put it there. Yeah. Michael Marosa. he doesn't listen to this podcast. He doesn't? No, I don't think so.
2: Your friends don't support you?
1: Well... I don't you know so he works in IT but he might be one of the dumbest computer people I know. I don't think he knows how podcasts work. <laughs> and we'll find out if I'm wrong, right? <laughs> let you know quick. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he he uh he's a Fireball
2: connoisseur. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's a he He'll if you ask a him. A Fireball sommelier. He'll tell you. Yeah. He's like I'm a I'm a whiskey drinker. I like whiskey. I'm like Does. me too, man. I really like I prefer bourbon. He's like yeah, but well, Fireball ain't nothing better. And you're like, "Oh." Okay. That's uh, fine. That's fine. That is fine. Yeah, it's fine. I don't that care. That is fine. I mean, that's what we always said. We don't care what you're drinking. It'd be interesting to pour some Fireball on a Glencairn glass at a party.
2: Just walk around and sip it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> now I want to do it. <laughs> We're going to do a parody video where we... Uh,
2: oh, we should do a parody video. Dress
1: like all oh, like in suits and stuff and, and we... Do really obnoxious things with a, alcohol. This is a four-month-old Fireball here. <laughs> On the
2: nose, I get... Non-chill filtered. I get... uh, On the nose, I get hints of
1: cinnamon and (laughs) regret. (laughs) Fire. It almost smells like the candy, those red hot candies. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Damn. 10 o'clock. Yeah. Working on a buzz.
2: Yeah, that's nice. Um, I can't remember the last time I had a drink this early.
1: I don't... Yeah, I mean last time I flew probably.
2: Yeah. It's been a while since it's been way, way it's been almost a year to the date since the last time I flew. I yeah. flew February of last year to San Antonio for work. It's where they had one of the very first COVID places all set up. Oh really? Yeah, flew through the airport there. And I got when I got back, I was sick. But it was like not still not really a thing yet. Like people having COVID wasn't yeah, wasn't totally really it, a thing like yet. People were it. getting tattoos, making fun of it. People were totally <laughs> like, "I'm not wearing masks. I'm not shutting down." I still don't really wear masks. Um, but like, well, you what what I mean is, yeah, like I it hadn't check, become a it, thing yeah. yet. Yeah. Like people, no, were, all the total, people were aware. Still on the shelf. Yeah, people were aware, but it wasn't anything crazy. Yet. Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah, it was wild. Now look, I look, so ba- look back here. on it.
2: Yeah, it's been since. What do you mean?
1: It's been over. Then it's been over a year that, since I've flown. Oh, this. since you flown? Yeah. Yeah. So you flew in February.
2: I did fly in February. Oh. Yeah. Flew to San Antonio for a couple days and flew back.
1: Interesting. Were they wearing masks on the plane in February?
2: No, but there were people and in in like. But that's the thing is like it wasn't unusual to see people from certain Asian countries wear masks and, yeah. because they wear those in very public places anyways. So it, it was what it was. But then like suddenly you see people wearing them. In February and it was like kind of weird, but oh, yeah. it still wasn't a thing, right? Like it still hadn't gotten to where it is now where where it eventually went in
1: like March, April time, right? Um, But yeah,
2: yeah I don't know. It's crazy.
1: That's one of the wildest things about this for me. And before you get worried, we're not going to have a COVID conversation. But one of the wildest things about that for me is the entire time I've been alive, yeah. when you see someone wearing a mask in public, you're like, look at this lunatic. You're like, What's wrong with this guy?
2: That, or like, you just assume they're sick. I've never. seen And they that. need to. They need. Well, I have. Just yeah. like they're sick and they're trying to prevent sp- spreading. Or yeah. I don't know. Or they're sick and they their immune system can't be compromised.
1: Yeah, that I, I would. I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, and now it's like if you're not wearing it's like a total. In one year, if you're not wearing a mask, you're like, look at this lunatic.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Or
1: some people are that way anyway. Anywho. And yeah, let's not go down the rabbit. Yeah, hole. I'm not going down that.
2: All right. Well, I think we've talked for almost an hour, give or take five, ten minutes. Um, we got stuff to do, so
1: time to go cut our thumbs off on table saws. Cheers to that! Yeah. Boom. Yeah. God. Ugh. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to 109 proof. Yeah. So. In, the <laughs> In the morning. In an the morning. In the
2: morning.
1: Yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Toodles. And whiskey, I love drinking. Whiskey.
2: You're messing up her song. I know, Let her, her sing. Sorry. Go ahead. Let lady. her sing. Go ahead, lady. Listen to that. That's.